Okay, we are back with the Two of Wands, and I have so been looking forward to getting started with the numeric minors, with the two right, through ten. Now tens. we're actually on the wheel. The, yes! The wheel of the decans. Exactly, and to me, this is just so exciting because there's such rich material, and it's relatively unmined, so... Uh, thank you for listening and joining us as we explore the depths of these cards. Particularly exciting because the two through 10 minors uh, are a set of 36, nine by four. And those are associated with the 36 decans, about which we will be talking a lot. <laughs> and we can also talk about the associated majors, which not that many people talk about, but which is sort of a hobby horse of both of ours, uh, and which are unique. The associated majors are unique to the discussion of the two through 10 minors. So yeah, so let's start with, with the two of wands, hermetic title, the Lord of Dominion. Dominion. Yes. If you just look at the, um, Rider Waite Smith card, you see an illustration of mastery right there upon the card of the man who literally holds the whole world in his hands. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I see a lot of people interpret that card as starting a journey. And I personally don't think of it literally in that in that way, unless you think of the journey of the entire wheel of the decans. You know, you're starting at the Aries point and everything, the entire wheel flows outward from there. So mm -hmm. in that sense, it is. You mm -hmm. know, and the fact that he's holding the whole world symbolizes again that whole wheel of the mm -hmm. zodiac, you mm -hmm. know, around. And the as I well as the mastery and dominion exactly. over the over the over the Exactly. Um maybe we should go right into the idea that it's the beginning of the zodi zodiacal sequence. Um right. the zero degrees the zero degrees of Aries. Aries uh the um idea that it's the beginning of the new year in the new agricultural year in the Northern Hemisphere, because, you know, for better or for worse, these are Northern Hemisphere derived cards. So we have the March 21st through uh, March 30th, roughly, um, yeah, dates so this, associated with The spring with that. equinox in the, the, spring in the Northern Hemisphere, mm -hmm. the spring equinox, and I, I suppose the, ver uh, the autumnal equinox in the mm -hmm. Southern Hemisphere. Exactly, exactly. And in both cases, you have this quality of looking back and looking forward at the same yeah, time. Right. Right. And I think that's really integral to this card. Um, because one of the things that we talk about astrologically with this card is the idea that it's Mars and Aries. And as you'll see when, if you look at the reference chart of the wheel of the 36, decans, you have um, Mars repeated. You have Mars at the right. end of the, the year. So-called double Mars. Exactly. Mars at the end of the year, Mars in Pisces with the Ten of Cups, and then Mars in Aries with the Two of Wands. You need double the energy to get, <laughs> to, to, to finish re to and begin. Restart the wheel and keep it, exactly. keep the motion going. Exactly. Um, which is kind of cool that, you know, if you look at it, that this this card, in a sense, is the the double Mars mm -hmm. because it's it's right after the the last one, and it's also double Mars in the sense that it's Aries and mm -hmm. the, 
the can of Aries that's ruled by the planet Mars. So in mm-hmm. itself, it's a double Mars. Exactly, well it is indeed performing that function in <laughs> right. the uh, in the wheel. Right, and so um, so we'll be talking about the sign of Aries for three cards: two two of wands, three of wands, and four of wands. You know, so there's this this thread of being ruled by Mars that runs throughout all of them. And it just so happens that we're recording this on a Tuesday, which is the day of Mars, which seems to be particularly apt. So when we talk about decans, um, we're talking about a 10 degree segment of the sky, the first 10 degrees of Aries, but we're also talking about the historical meaning that was assigned to that part of the sky. So historically, uh, when, you know, when people worked with the Deccans in, you know, in the Arabic tradition, in Vedic astrology, or in Western astrology, it was the idea that they were connecting with a particular spirit, malign or benign, uh, depending on which Deccan it was. And um, if you look in grimoires like the Picatrix or in Agrippa's uh, Three Books of Occult Philosophy, uh, the, the, the different spirits confer an image uh, that people worked with in talismanic ways or sigil, uh, sigil making or, um, or in various workings associated with this segment of the sky. And interestingly enough, if you look at those, which Austin Coppock does 36 faces. There's often a really interesting through line between those images and the images in the associated tarot card, uh, whichever numeric minor it is. Now, that's not to say that uh, Pixie or Lady Frida had that in mind in any way, but who knows, right? You know, we don't know um, where what they were picking up on. And uh, I'm just going to read really quickly um, – what the, the, the images from, from the Picatrix and, and its signification. So, uh, the imagery that comes down from that spirit of that Deccan is a black man with a large and restless body having red eyes and with an axe in his hand girded in white cloth. And from Agrippa, we have a black man standing and clothed in a white garment girdled about of a great body with reddish eyes and great strength, and like one that is angry. <laughs> That's interesting because those, um, yeah, carubel degrees we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. The the first one for Aries is also a large man, I think, dressed in skins and holding a club like a Hercules figure. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. It's fiery. It's strong. Yeah, you know, there's Masculine a there's and, a wand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the significations for these, uh, strength, high rank, wealth without shame, boldness, fortitude, loftiness, and shamelessness. So there's definitely a theme going on in here. When you think about that, that makes sense for the beginning of the year, for this beginning of the growth cycle, the idea that we take the potential of the ace and we move forward. There's no questioning, no looking back. It's like the ultimate decision. So, um, yeah, at this point in the two of wands, you know, what was implied in the ace of wands is actually manifested. So the, the mm-hmm. this is actually, in a sense, the, the first card of the suit, because in the ace, the fire, it, it's still in its kind of nascent seed mm-hmm. form, whereas mm-hmm. this is where, okay, now fire has 
begun. It's the first step. Yeah. So whereas the ACE, so whenever we talk about Keter, we're talking about potential. And whenever we talk about Bina, the third Sephira, we're talking about something that's realized. But this is that first step that yeah. where you commit. You yeah. know, I call it, you know, Keter, uh, Chakma, Bina is lights, camera, action. Yeah. So it's like it's you shine a light on it, you recognize it, you acknowledge it. And that's what twos are about. You know, the gaze, you know, the recognition that something is here. And in order to do that, there has to be an observer. So um, so now there are two of us, the observer and the observed. Oh, yeah. So 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 here's where it gets really fun. We can talk about. So in all systems, I believe there are different systems that assign rulership of the decans to different planets. Um, but. The one that's used in the Golden Dawn, and we will have to do an article on this because it's too hard to really explain just in a rant, <laughs> is uh, is the Chaldean or descending order. So, which basically goes Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, Sun, Venus, Mercury, Moon. So in order of orbital, apparent orbital speed, Saturn I'm being slow the slowest. And moon being the fastest, exactly. So we actually start kind of in the middle, you know, with Mars. And so Mars is held to be the, across the board, the planet that governs this decan. So in what ways do we see that? Okay. So, well, if Mars, if we have Mars and we have Aries, then we can look and see, uh, what that might mean in terms of majors in the deck. And Mars, we know, is associated with the tower. And Aries, we know, is associated with the emperor. So for the two of wands, three of wands, and four of wands, we are going to be looking for connections with the emperor. Um, right. So maybe to explain a little bit, mm -hmm. um, we can talk briefly about Aries itself as a mm -hmm. sign. Mm -hmm. And then so all, all of these three cards, the two, three, and four of wands, have an association with Aries and the emperor. And then each decan has a rulership. So we're going to be going Mars and Aries for right. the two. Because each sign mm -hmm. is of 30 degrees and it's each one is divided into three segments of 10 degrees, 10 mm -hmm. being the decan. Within the sign, you can look at it as has a First or a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have another iteration of cardinal fixed mm -hmm. and mutable energy in a sense. Right. So the first decan is the initiating, you know, energy. The mm -hmm. middle one is the fixed or stabilizing energy. And the last decan is where it's kind of the mutable or where it's preparing to pass away to the next sign um, mm -hmm. and it's kind of becoming more ethereal right so it's that same distinction that we have cardinal fixed mutable or angular succident cadent so we have um so we have the the first uh the first decan of the first sign so right so it's kind of like mm -hmm. Just like the, the Ace of Wands was kind of like the Keter of Keter. This is the initiation <laughs> of the initiator, you know? Right. Like this is the big cosmic the on button. <laughs> of the first sign, it's got that cardinal energy mm -hmm. doubled in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, the cardinal sign of Aries and the cardinal decan. I guess you, you know, might, might not be the right term for it, but it's mm -hmm. the, uh, the first decan or the inrush of the sign. Right. Right. And I like the idea that, you know, you need the, the Mars has both destructive and creative energy, right? So, yes. you know, there's a destruction of the old plant, 
you know, in the burying of the seed for the new plant. And there's a death and a birth together in, I, I think, in that. Uh, mm -hmm. Crowley said the virgin ovum must be broken to fertilize. Yes, it. yes. Uh -huh. And I, I like that because, you know, because we have the tower associated with the Mars with associated with the, um, with the two of wands. So, you know, so this is the emperor in his most ruthless phase. He doesn't care if he breaks some shit to, you know, get things done. Yeah. It's not about accommodating or thinking twice or, you know, doing all those sort of Libra-esque triangulation type maneuvers. This is about getting, getting her done. If he breaks a few eggs making his omelets, so much the better. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's why I think, you know, we have these themes, martial themes of cutting and severing and burning in the Deccan imagery. And penetration. Penetration, absolutely. That's a key yeah. word for this card, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, this that idea. Power force. Um Mm -hmm. being being utilized, you know, being wielded. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure whether I wrote down a quote, and I don't know whether this is weight or Crowley, you'll probably know, but it was uh, one of them called this will in its most exalted form. So yeah, that sounds like Crowley. That sounds like Crowley to me. Yeah. So the idea that the will is incontestable, right? There's no, there's no turning back. Mm -hmm. Like the ram, you know, fighting on the, you know, their horns crashing, ringing right. across the mountaintops. There's, there's no compromise diplomacy, uh, talking things over. Yeah. Aries is, it's a sign of the pioneer, you know, mm -hmm. it's one who, one who starts something, even if he has to stand alone to mm -hmm. do it and, and breaking break, boundaries, breaks new ground mm -hmm. and conquer you know, uh, new, mm -hmm. new territory. And it's like the initiating current of first force again. For, there's force, you know, coming from the ace. And now it's actually breaking into something. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and starting, you know, through, I guess you'd call it affirmative will. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. And that you have to, <laughs> that you have to destroy something to begin something as well. Um, yeah. And that's echoed in the, uh, the, the Thoth Dex card, the, yeah. the, the crossed Dorjes, you know, the, yes. the, the Thunderbolt, which is like a, the conquering force. Um. Right, right. We we see these themes of, um, you know, thunder and lightning. Um, and I think the Dorje in particular in the Thoth, you know, reflects that because we, it has the, uh, you know, the, it is a representation, a uh as a Tibetan symbol, it's a representation of the lightning bolt. Right. Enlightenment. And it's also mm -hmm. a, another word for it is the diamond. The oh, diamond okay, yeah. force. And yeah. interestingly, diamond is the stone for Aries. Yes. So it's brilliant. It's hard. Yes. It's, you know, it's, it's all of those The things. hardest thing there is. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get no harder than that. Yeah, that's true. And the idea that, you know, thunder and lightning also go with this tower card of course um that breaks things open i think that there's also if you consider the emperor the emperor with his armor um and his signs of rulership so this is someone who is you know protected by his office in the work that he does to dominate others right so there's right. cannot be harmed cannot be penetrated himself right right, right. uh and has almost a natural rulership. You see the symbols of the eagle, I think. It's kind of why in, in my two of wands, there's the, mm -hmm. the 
crook and the flail. So it, mm-hmm. those are the, the emblems of rulership, both to mm-hmm. shepherd and to, you know, punish when necessary. Right. Like to use force, but for the greater good of the people that or the right. things that he's ruling. You know, right. It's definitely a wielded force and it can be quite harsh. Quite harsh and no sort but of sense of the collateral be damage. For the great, greatest good. <laughs> That's the idea. The, the ideal, yeah. the ideal sense it should be, you know, will wielded for the greatest good. Yeah, it's and it's the forceful side of will. Yeah. You know. Um and it's also interesting that in all of the uh emperor cards I think you can say that there is a theme of sight which we associated with the suit of wands and the ace of wands in the last episode. You know, you you have in your emperor particularly that eye that's foregrounded and we also have the eye of the tower in the thoth card. Mm-hmm. So there's these Sort of like, no sooner do you see than you act with yeah. all of these cards. Right. It's sort of like the vision is complete. Right. And the emperor as the grand architect. Yes. You know, Ares as that grand architect that mm-hmm. kind of starts to structure things. Right. Right, right, right. Through sight and Through structure, sight. you know. Mm-hmm. 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 And I mean, if you look at the two of wands in Rider Waite, he's looking at something specifically. He's looking... Uh, out over the globe or out beyond the globe at what might be possible. Yeah, and it's also a little bit of, you know, as above, so below mm. action going on there because he's looking out over the world and then he's holding that globe in his hand, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, the macrocosm and microcosm. Yes, and, yes, and, yes, yes. And, you know. I see what you mean, what you mean, that idea that the, the reflection between uh, the the greater face and the, the lesser face. he rules and mm-hmm. then his actual... Office of rulership. And Waite suggested, Arthur Edward Waite suggested that in the Two of Wands, we see what he called, you know, the sadness of Alexander. So, you know, that quote, Alexander wept because there were no new worlds left to conquer. (laughs) So, you know, that's the idea here being that, you know, conquest and dominion above all. Um, Also interesting, I think, is in the, um, in the Rider Waite Smith Two of Wands, you have the wands, you know, uh, he's holding one and the other is affixed mm. to there. It's sort of like this one's set to the side. We fix it in place. Whereas when we get to the three, we'll see they're naturally growing from the earth. So there's sort of like this, I'm going to make this thing happen. And, you know, <laughs> if you don't want to stand up by yourself, I'm going to just nail you into place. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's definitely a, a, uh, 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 not only the, the will to do it, but the means to do it. The Rider weight version of the card is the only one. I mean, we don't have the Marseille one here, but mm-hmm. if you look at all the rest of them, they always have the the, the cross. Crossed. Yeah. Um, the Rider weight yeah. is the only one that doesn't. But I think mm-hmm. that cross shape is really interesting because in in heraldry, that's the saltire or saltier, mm-hmm. um, which signifies mm-hmm. resolve and resolution. Does it really? Yeah. That's cool. So it kind of like yeah, it fits that like. Yeah. That theme of taking charge. Right, right. You do see a little bit of that on the corner of the Rider-Waite-Smith where yeah, the roses and lilies are crossed. Cro- there, yeah, there's a mm-hmm. cross there. And I I've, that's bringing in a hint of that. Perhaps it is. Yeah. Um, it was suggested by, uh, I think, Wald Amberstone in The Secret Language of Tarot that the roses and lilies are, in a sense, a reference to Pisces and Aries, so Mars and Pisces oh, rise. And we're at the right? zero point. Mars and, and Aries, yeah, again, yeah. The ending and the beginning of the exactly where the where the lilies are sort of cold and wet Pisces, and the 
and the roses would be hot and dry Aries is one way of looking at it. And I think this is the only minor where we have the rose and lily intertwined, which is such a theme throughout the majors of the writer, Waite Smith. But that idea that, you know, again, that because we're poised at the threshold of the year, we encompass everything, male and right. female, right. you know, all potential, the, uh, the purity of intent. Alpha and omega. And the resolution of action, alpha and omega, exactly. Yeah. It's also interesting um, in Kopik's book, I think he puts this, the, he has a little uh, symbol at the beginning of each chapter. And the axe. This one, he had the axe, and mm-hmm. it was not just an axe. If you look at the, the picture, mm-hmm. that, the graphic, it's a double-headed a axe. A double-headed axe. So looking yeah. t- forward and behind in the year, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like mm-hmm. at that z- zero point, it makes sense to me that it's the double-headed axe, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's both directions. And that also makes sense. You see it in the Thoth's card as the double Dorje. Mm-hmm. And you see it in my card as the double-headed eagle looking in both yes. directions. there's both a Janus quality east, to it. East, <laughs> east and west, you know, yes. signifying, you know, dominion over, over all because you're facing both directions at once. Right, right. So I thought that was kind of interesting that he not only called it the axe, which again echoes that theme of penetration mm-hmm. that we talked about, mm-hmm. but also that forward and back kind of encompassing both directions, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a dual axe rather than a singular axe. Yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think that, that's both ways. that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's – um it, and also because it's a cu- it's a card that's you know about self and about other in a way you know there's a power but there's also responsibility yeah and two sides of the yeah, same exactly. sharp axe <laughs> yep. Yep. you know and we see that in your architect on the emperor you know where you know he's 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 not necessarily in tune with the natural rhythm but he's imposing it for the good. Of right, you know, of the of the colony, the hive yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you know what's also interesting, along with these, uh, this idea of the forceful will and the sort of kind of intemperate nature of this card is the um, one the we were looking over some of the many uh, course decanic correspondences, and one of them is uh, what was the guy's name, Cosmas. Cosmas, yeah. um, he uses the correspondence of the mythical figure Idonius for this Deccan. And Idonius is the, um, was in some traditions the consort of Persephone, where he's sort of a stand-in for the Hades myth with the rape of Persephone. So there's this idea of abduction, of taking by force. Mm, penetration. Penetration, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All yeah. of that. So, that's a, a, another sort of take, another perspective on th- this very aggressive energy of this card. One thing we haven't talked about, and since this is the mm-hmm. first minor, in a sense, of the first of the decanic cards, is, you know, the the minors are, I guess, blind forces mm-hmm. is a way of describing uh, what they are. You know, they're not a, they're not a distinct thing or an archetype in the same way that a major is sure you know, there that's why each one has its you know lord of yeah it's it's a it's yeah. a blind force that mm-hmm. is expressing something mm-hmm. um do you know what i'm trying I think to I, do. I, you know, I think i do i think i do i mean there's an there's a abstraction 
to these, uh, to the miners. Um, but it's also, I also think they're more, you know, they're more mundane. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think in, uh, Book of Thoth, Crowley says something about how each of the minors is like a universe unto itself in which the majors may express differently. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. He, he yeah. gives a couple examples like, um, you know, the three of discs in the tower in one world or one minor might express as the oracle of delphi mm-hmm. rather than the mm-hmm. uh armies on the march or you know what i yes. mean like different different yes, ways yes, yes. of different ways depending on what world you're in right right so the filter mm-hmm. through the minor the majors filtering through that mm-hmm. sephira mm-hmm. will affect how it, it manifests through this blind force yeah so let's talk about that so this would be you know chokma in mm-hmm. Atsilut. Right. so we have this uh paternal sky god creator force of chokma yep. um also known as wisdom uh expressing itself through Atsilut, which is the archetypal um which is interesting because you take those sort of like shaping in the, you know, the, in, the instinct to create and construct, you know, makes, seems very much in line with the architectural nature of the card, you know, yeah. the blueprint for reality that we have going on here. And, uh, you know, it's also interesting, Hokma generally, you know, Hokma through Yasod, uh, something that Rachel Pollock says is that, you know, as we go through two through nine, Hokma through Yasod, we have, you know, wisdom, understanding, uh, mercy, severity, beauty, victory, splendor, and foundation. And these are in themselves abstract qualities, unlike the crown and the kingdom, which are just separate in right. a way. There's a relationship that won't, so there's a relationship in two through nine to, into the nature of the minors, into, as you're calling it, blind force, you know, that we work our way through these abstractions uh, and try to apply them to our real life. So Chokmah in particular, I mean, particularly in Atsilut, sometimes think of Chokmah as expressing, it's not the same as the expansive qualities of Chesed in exactly. It's but it's still but like it's, a sky god. Type yeah, of thing, it partakes you know? the, of that. There's that the quality and the male kind of paternalness, and it, it mm-hmm. makes you think of not just has said the way that you know that has the sky god type of Jupiter thing, but mm-hmm. it's kind of it's like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's echoed in the color of the card, the pure soft blue. Right, right. We should talk about color, in fact, because you know the so the pure soft blue is specific. To Chokma in Atsilut. So we have right. a, we so have a every chart. Every miner is going to have one color that mm-hmm. comes from the world that it's in and the Sephira in that world that it's in. So there's one color assigned there. And then every miner also takes the colors of its two associated majors. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in the two of wands, we have all the colors of Aries. All the, mm-hmm. you know, the red, 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 and red, Venetian red, 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 and and same with the colors of the tower, red, red, mm-hmm. red, red, you know, uh, mm-hmm. scarlet red, and brilliant red, and flame red. Mm-hmm. So we have mm-hmm. tons of red, and then to that is added the color of, you know, Hokma and Atsaluth, which, which is the pure soft blue. Right. So as Hokma sort of ramifies through the four worlds, it goes from soft blue to gray to bluish mother of pearl to white flecked 
Right. Those Red, blue, yellow. Four worlds. Yeah. The, the four twos. Yeah. But in this one in particular, we have soft blue, which you can see in the back, uh, in the background of the Thoth card and as well as your Tabula Mundi card. Yep. Um, that's where that comes from. It's, it's all on purpose and shit. <laughs> oh, I love saying that. Do you have any sense? And we can edit this out if you're not sure, but where the, why soft blue, you know, where that's coming from, how it's, what it's derived from? Well, I tend to think of it just as, so that's in the, uh, the king scale. So I just think of it as being like the sky god kind of thing. Whereas mm-hmm. then, you know, in the, in the, the following, uh, Bina, you have the crimson, the blood of the mother. And, you know, so it's like, yeah, male, it's another yeah. way of expressing the, the male female mm-hmm. polarity. Mm-hmm. Um, Rather than in the queen scale, then you've got the the gray for Hakma and the black for Bina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think it's interesting that you know Hakma, you have all these variations of the sky colors. You know, yeah, kind of. Well, yeah, it's the zodiac, yeah. so I guess it had to draw from the sky somehow. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's interesting, um, but in Atsuluth, it's coming across as the pure sky, the sky blue, you know, unclouded, right? Uh, you know, undiluted but lit. It's not the dark <laughs> sky. It's not the black sky right. because it's lit from the brilliance above. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And the idea, the reason the sky is blue has to do with the wavelength of of visible light that is reflected through um, the atmosphere. Through the atmosphere, in which uh, blue is not absorbed, so it's reflected and it predominates in what we see in the blue sky. But let's talk about red as well, because we have red from, as you were saying, from the Mars, uh, from Tower. From both Mars mm-hmm. and Aries. And from Aries, both right. as red as red can be. Mm-hmm, hmm Yeah, and that seems... Which is also kind of brings in, even though this is not a five card, it brings in Gavura and mm-hmm. red that that penetrative, destructive kind of martial force. First blood. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so often we see blood as sort of this sacred initiation at the beginnings of things. We see it in blood sacrifices. We see it, you know, in we we had the sacrifices that that um, make the harvest uh, grow at spring sacrifices. We have day zero of the menstrual cycle. We have, you know, all these things where blood is right there at the beginning. Circumcision. Circumcision, deflowering. You yeah. Know? Yeah. There's always blood right at the start. And I think that that's one of the things that we're seeing here. Um, and red is just the fire force. I mean, this is yeah. beginning the first, first, you know, of the fire Mm-hmm. Uh, decan, so mm-hmm. it's appropriate for it to have red, mm-hmm. red, and lots of red, 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 and lots of red. Um, and then it brings in a little bit of green in the um, the fourth, um, the Empress, the Empress scale of color, mm-hmm. where it's red but uh, tinged with either azure or emerald. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And you can't see that too well. I guess in the Thoth card, you know the blue. You know, the azure is there in the pure soft blue, but you don't really see it, but you do see it. I did purposely include mm-hmm. the uh, the red with tinged with emerald in the background. So wait, that's from the Empress scale. Is that the same as the Princess, princess scale? Princess scale, yeah, the okay. Princess scale. And that's which for which? called Empress scale. Um, 
correct for the Okay, tower. so it's the tower in the fourth scale, the emperor yeah. princess scale. It's yeah. confusing because the Golden Dawn sometimes called it the emperor emperor scale or sometimes called it the prince scale, yeah. empress or prince. It's right. terribly it's, it's confusing. It's king scale, queen scale, and then you can either go prince scale, princess scale, or emperor empress scale depending right. on the text. Yes, yes. Okay, so so you brought in all the colors uh, associated with each major into the minors into the, yeah, through all four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that gave you a lot to work with. Yeah, actually, because yeah. you've got eight colors plus the color of the you know the Sephira, so nine colors. And then when you start getting into certain cards that have an influence of Saturn or Earth, and then you get mm-hmm. then you start then, then you just... start getting like twenty colors to work with. And, yeah, that can be a challenge. How can you use them all before the paint dries? <laughs> I wanted to also mention the um, the fact the solar appearance inside the Thoth card. There's six uh, rays Mm -hmm. uh, inside the two of wands in Thoth. So there's, in addition to the sort of numerological iteration of two over and over again in all these cards, we also have a six for the sun. Yeah, I definitely see that because the sun is um, exalted Exalted in in Aries. Aries. And then there's, if you look at, you know, Teferet as the sun, if you think about... Mm -hmm. <laughs> After the penetration comes the mm-hmm. the birth of something. Yes, exactly. And the solar themes are also pretty obvious if you look at the Emperor card. Yeah, and we'll see more of that as well in the Three of Wands. Well, what else do we want to talk about? Let's just okay, pick something. So, and- all right. Yeah. Um, oh, you were talking about the Queen of Wands. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just was mentioning that. As we go through these cards, mm-hmm. it's good to remember that we'll be covering them again as they relate to their court cards. And in this case, the the two of wands is um, it's the two and the three of wands. I consider the you know the primary um, cards of the queen of wands, even mm-hmm. though she picks up as her shadow decan that last decan of Pisces, ten where, of we, cups. where we yeah, yeah. The ten of cups, where mm-hmm. we um, talked about. You know, the zero point of Aries, but before that is that final point. Yeah, the yeah. final point of Pisces where <laughs> right. we've got right. Mars again. And right. so she picks up that as her shadow decan. We'll talk more about what that means, I think, when we get to the court cards. Mm-hmm. But when you think of the Queen of Wands, you think of Aries in general mm-hmm. rather than Pisces. Mm-hmm. You because do. she's you do. fiery. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Now, maybe we can talk a little bit about what your how you've seen the Two of Wands manifest when you've been reading. I get this card a ton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely shows taking charge, mm-hmm. you know, and wielding your will somehow. Or, mm-hmm. you know, depending on context, someone else wielding will. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you wielding your will. It's will idealized, like I said earlier, for the greatest good, you know, force mm-hmm. applied force applied affirmative action kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah 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 and you know so when I was going back through my notes um, through my diary I was trying to see how the two of wands showed up and you know what's really funny for two years running I got this card I drew this card on the first day of the school year so like whatever it was August oh, 30th cool. September yeah. whatever like because it was the end of the summer and it was the beginning of my year. Like it was the beginning of the year for the kids and for my husband because he's a teacher. But it's also the beginning of my year when I finally get to like work on things, put away, you know, the things of summer and start getting 
going on real work. On your projects. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. various projects. Yep, that makes sense. So that was kind of cool. And the other thing that was really interesting this year, though also kind of horrible, was that um, – so this is a, the Mars and Aries is associated with the tower because Mars tower. And when I get the tower, I hit my head. Usually, like almost invariably, I either see a car crash or I hit my head Aries or something like that. Aries has to do with the head. With the, head. Um, the day I drew the two of wands this at the beginning of the school year, Randy, my husband, had just gone back to school. And he was just sitting in a meeting and this map of the world fell on his head and gave him a concussion. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, neat correspondence. Oh no. You know, are you okay? Wow. He's you got know, the whole world on his head. He's got the whole world on his head. <laughs> Poor guy. You know, I had to get him from school. He had to go to the emergency room. It was like He should have been wearing the blue war cars. <laughs> he should have been. And you know, so again the, the the themes of the head, the world, the destructive force, right? Yeah. Because you know, whenever you begin something, there's the potential for destruction. And, you know, and this Mars bull in a China shop scenario, you know, is exactly what happened. Oh, and I also got it. Um, I, te- I seem to get it often at like transition times. I got it on my first day of summer vacation as well. So, you know, it's just. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's sort of like this is done. It's a now hinge we're starting point. This. You know, Aries is one of the hin- exactly. hinge points of the year um, where the seasons change no matter which hemisphere you're in. And- right. Right. You put one thing to bed and you start something new. And, uh, and you have to do both jobs to do it right. Yeah, but face both directions. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Have dominion over <laughs> everything. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So in the future, I think, I mean, when I see it in people's readings, I think I'm going to be looking not just for that, not just for the the inspiration of starting something new and, you know, and the ending of something previous, but also just to sort of give them a sense that it might not be clean. <laughs> you know, it might be kind of a messy process, like, like when you're splattering paint when you're creating something or when you're, you know, strewing food all over the kitchen you when break you're cooking a few something. Eggs to make an omelet. Exactly. <laughs> There's, you know, sh- bits of shell everywhere. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so that's the two of wands. Thank you for hanging out with us as we, uh, broke a few cosmic eggs for the cosmic omelet. And we'll be back next time with the three of wands. <laughs> 